series is um, doctrines. And you got to watch as a pastor because sometimes people think doctrines are boring. But if you did not have doctrines and you didn't understand what the doctrines were as a Baptist, you, we would not be Baptists. And I'm gonna, at the very end, I'm going to give you 10 doctrines that if you take one of the doctrines out, Christianity is not in effect. And so it just shows you the importance of it. And so we're going to go through this. And i got to get on the right, right page here. But let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to John chapter 4 and verse number 24. John chapter 4 and verse number 24. Um, we're a Baptist for a reason. Um, this church is an independent Baptist for a reason. Do you know why? Well, we're going to look at some um, Baptist Bible doctrine. And I want to show you why we, are, why we are what we are. Because a lot of people just don't know. If you were, you know, he's talking about um, the Mormons, but if you go to the Jehovah Witnesses, most of the Jehovah Witnesses that are acting Jehovah Witnesses, they used to be Baptist. And they do not know, they did not know the doctrine. The doctrine is what we would call a foundation. And you need that foundation. You can have the most beautiful home in the world if you don't have a good foundation, it's going to crumble. It's, a, it's the verses of, of built, built on, a, on sand. You know, you need that rock. You need to understand what, what, our, what, our, what our Baptist distinctives are, what our doctrines are. But a lot of people need to just ask the word, why? Why do we need to know these things? They're very important. You know most of them. You just don't know why you know them. You don't know. But it's riddled all the way through the Bible. And Jesus always taught, taught doctrine. He always taught the Old Testament to the New Testament. For instance, grace. He taught about faith um, and some things about Christ. There's so many Bible doctrines, and most of the ten that I'm going to talk about at the very end, just give you a list of these ten, they are all about who Christ is. And it's very important that you understand that. Let me give you an example. If you take out the virgin birth of Christ, the doctrine of the virgin birth of Christ, he's no longer deity. He's just a person. And so you've got to understand all these things. So just bear with me as we get through these. Why do you have to have um, Bible doctrines? There's a couple reasons. The first one is this. Truth, we need truth in our life. We need stability. How many of you like truth and stability? Remember when your kids, when their kids would do something, you say, hey, don't tell me the truth. Tell me what I want to hear. Did you ever say that to your children? I hope you didn't because if you didn't, if you did, I need to talk with you. Because as we look at this, we've got to see that we need some truth. And we need that stability. There's just something about standing on solid ground. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of going to those trampoline places with the kids. They jump in those, those um, I don't even know what you call them. They're, they're cut up pieces of um, foam and they jump in it. Then they've got to try to get out of it. I, if I got in there, I'd never get out. You know, you want some stability. You want your, you want your legs to stand on something very solid. And so we're going to talk about this, and we're going to go through some of these verses. John chapter 4 and verse 24 is the first one we're going to look at. It says this, God is a spirit, and they that worship him in spirit and in what? Truth. Aren't you glad God's true? I am. I am thankful for the doctrines we're going to look at. We're not going to look at a specific doctrine. We're just setting this up for this, this next Bible study we're going to be having. It's going to take probably 16 to 18 weeks to understand some of the majority of these doctrines. So let's look at these verses one more time. God is a spirit, and they that worship him in spirit and in truth. That's how we're supposed to worship. That's why truth is so important. Truth is very important to us. The next verse says this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. 
Now, who's speaking here? They're speaking about God to us. Now, we can say us to our children, but this is what he wants us. He wants us to walk in truth. Well, if you don't have doc, sound doc, doctrine, guess what? You're not going to walk in truth. I can take a few doctrine out of certain things, and then I could be a different denomination. I can be a work salvation. I can, I can, there's, how many of you ever heard of free will Baptists? I can, I can preach lose your salvation. That's a doctrine that we've got to understand. I can go into even baptism and change denominations by doing sprinkling. You won't find someone in the Bible that was sprinkled. And then, then you have that work salvation and people say, well, you can work your way to heaven and one of the things they do for working their way to heaven is what? That baptism. Baptism doesn't save you. If you believe baptism saves you, you, don't, you, didn't, re you didn't realize what Christ said to the guy on the cross. Because he never got baptized. Now, I think, my personal opinion is, if he wasn't on that cross, he would have been willing to get baptized, but he never, he never did that. So you've got to have truth. And so why we study doctrines is doctrine is a sound truth, a biblical sound truth. That's, that's, again, it permeates the Bible and it's intertwined with the Bible. And it also gives the Bible stability. Let's look at these other verses. Now, we're going to read all the way through. It says, Ephesians chapter 4, and I want you to write these down if you want to, because you need to come back and look at these. But Ephesians chapter 4, and not all the verses are going to be up here. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15 says, That we henceforth be no more children. And look at this. All the ones that are highlighted, tossed. To and fro. Our granddaughter's with us. I can take that girl. She's with us for about four, three or four days. I can take that girl. She's so tiny and just flip her around any which way I want, it, want to. Okay, now if I did the same thing to Ray Adams, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't go tickling him in the stomach and flipping him over and doing all this stuff. I couldn't do it. He wouldn't let me do it. But can you imagine being tossed? It says tossed to and fro. I remember when I was growing up, we had a neighbor that um, was a semi-driver. Now, they would never let you do this now, but he let us, he put all the children in the, in the back of his enclosed semi-trailer and then drove it around. Uh, and really, there, there is nothing to grab onto in the back of a semi-trailer. I mean, that'd be child abuse now if you did that. And we were, there were like 10 of us going around. We thought it was the coolest thing. He didn't drive real fast, but when he went around that curve, you had no stability. You were just tossed to and fro. And when I think of tossed to and fro, I think of a storm on a ship. Just tossed to and fro. Nothing's held down. Now watch this. And carried about with every wind of what? Doctrine. Because these people, they don't know what they believe. They go anywhere. They say anything. They do anything. That's what churches are doing. I just talked to the, the man I used to work for in Illinois, and he said, it's amazing to me what churches are doing. They want, to, they want all this new stuff to bring new people in, and, it, and, and they're throwing out doctrine. We've got to understand, we've got to have doctrine. It says, by the slight of men. And it says, and cunning craftiness. Men don't like biblical doctrine. An unsaved person or someone that just wants to live any way they want to live, they won't like this. And look at this, this next word. Whereby they lie in wait to, what's the next word? Deceive. See, if we don't have doctrine, we don't have a Baptist church. If we don't have doctrine, we don't have salvation the right way. And so then it goes, but speaking 
Now this is, this is the but's underlined because it's, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to speak the truth in love. We don't have to be mean-spirited towards everybody. Hey, Daniel and I were out eating, and, and we, him, him and I were talking, and, and we were talking about something, and then this lady just jumps in and starts talking with us. She was what we call eavesdropping. And so, and, and man, she talked to us the rest of the time. Come find out she lives right over around the corner. You know, and, and it, it's interesting. We can still be kind to people. It won't hurt you. Well, bless God, I'm a Baptist and I love it because I don't like people. Where did that come from? It says, it says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. See, the stability in that is you're not being tossed to and fro. Someone comes up to you and says, hey, did you know you could lose your salvation? And, and, and I want to say this to you. They, will, they know how to say it where it doesn't offend you. They know, how to offend, they know how to say things that they'll talk about work salvation, and you've really got to listen to what they're saying to understand what they're saying. They're not going to come to you and say, you're wrong. They're, they're, going, to go, they're going to be very deceptive. And so what I want in my life, why I like doctrine, is because I like truth and I like stability. Okay, so let's keep going. And it says this, it says, in the next one, it says, four reasons for studying doctrine. You know why you need to know doctrine? There's four basic reasons. The first one is this. It is God's instruction. Do you realize, can someone tell me a doctrine that's found in Genesis 1-1? Very simple. The doctrine of what? Creation. So it starts... With a doctrine of creation, you go to Revelation, what do you deal with? The return of Christ. That's a doctrine. That's an instruction of how God wanted it. And it's God's instruction. It's one thing for me to say, you need to do it this way. It's another thing for God to say, you need to do it this way. I was working with a, a guy and he, he told me that he had been a roofer before. And I was like, okay. And so I started doing my roof and he came over to help me. And I started. How many of you ever put a roof on? All right. When he got to my house, Denver, this is what he said. He goes, I, I, I do it a different way. I start at the top and work my way down. If you're not a roofer, you don't understand that. But there's no way you can start putting shingles on the top of your roof and go down. It will not work. They have to overlap from the bottom all the way to the top. And he kept telling me, well, we just do it a different way. And I'm thinking, there's just no way you can do that. Without bending your shingles all up to get them up where they need to be, there's just no way you can do it. But, you know, so, so often we think we know better than God. But it's God's instruction. What's some of the verses it says about it? It says in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved. Now watch this. Unto who? Not man, but God. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You ever done something you're ashamed of it? I mean, you've done some project and, and you're saying, oh, this is, you see HGTV and you think you can accomplish anything that they do on HGTV. First of all, you don't have the budget they do and you don't have the talent that they do. And so all of a sudden you start putting it together and it's like, oh my word, this did not turn out the way it looked like in the picture. We got our daughter a Play-Doh set and it's a kitchen set. And it shows you how you can make these beautiful little things out of Play-Doh. You can't do it. You can't. 
They're lying to you on the box. And so she's got this little card and she gave it to Ann and said, dude, let's do this one. I was like, oh my word, I'm walking out of this one because I, I, I can't, I just can't do it. But here it's talking about that you don't need to be ashamed. Now watch the last part, rightly dividing, and here's that word truth again, the word of truth. You got to understand what the Bible says. And sometimes you've got to have some help with it. There's nothing wrong with having a strong concordance. There's nothing. For instance, there's a, there's a verse in, in Psalm, I think it says, where the heart jumpeth or leapeth. And if you were to read that, you'd think, oh, it's talking about my heart palpitating. That's not what it is. It's H-A-R-T. That's a biblical term for deer. And some people, I've heard people come out and say, this is what it means. And they have no earthly idea what it means. But doctrine will help you, it is instruction, and it will help you divide, rightly dividing the word of truth. It will tell you the meanings of things. And if you have this base down, then you understand everything. Look at the next verse, it says, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And this is something you have to believe in, the inspiration of God, God's word. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Although men wrote it, God told them what to do. And they never wrote their opinion. You'll hear me say when it's an opinion, it's my opinion. You've heard me say this, that I think Jonah died in the well. That's my opinion. It doesn't matter if he died or he, or he lived. If you saw a guy swallowed by a well, would you think he's going to live or die? I think he's going to die. And God could bring him back up. He literally brought him back up. Amen. And so here, that's my opinion. But here it's saying all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's, pro it's profitable. And the first one that Paul says to Timothy is for doctrine. There, there is no inconsistencies in the Bible. You say, well, give me one. If you think about it, if there was inconsistencies in the Bible, you could take the Mormon Bible and find inconsistencies all the way through it. Because it's written by man. But it's, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and look at this, in what? Righteousness. That's very important. It's got to be in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect. Keyword may. But at least you can say with your scriptures that it's all accurate. It says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Didn't say good works saves you. But say a good work is, a, is the, the, the outcome of being a good Christian. But it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with salvation. So here we go. It is God's instruction. The second one is this. Separating truth from error. If you watch most of the people on TV, preachers, big, big, big preachers on TV, they're all about everything's going to be okay in your life. They have not read the Bible that I've read. Because almost everybody in the Bible has some very bad hardships. Do you think Daniel, when he's casting lines dead, thought, oh, praise God, I'm in a good situation. When God told Noah to build an ark, oh, that's a great thing. I wanted to build one of those. I've been looking at those at, at Lowe's. I want to build one. He didn't think that. These were all hard things that they had to do. And so you've got to, you've got to look at this and say, okay, separating truth from error. Let me give you some examples of this, and, and I, want, I want you to see these, and we'll have, we'll have to look these up because I know I don't have the verses. I have the verses down. But biblical, do you realize that the Bible tells you to separate from certain things? The most common one is what? You hear this, have you ever heard this thing, unequally yoked? 
That's a separation. You can't, you can't put two oxen and say, you go this way, you go that way. They're always going to go together. There's supposed to be some separation. Let's look at some, there's, I think there's four in here, four biblical separation things, false doctrine. You're supposed to stay away from it. Let's look these verses up. I want you to turn to these. The first one is Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Like I said, there's, we're going to be turning to some verses, and I want you to see this. Romans chapter 16 and verse 17. It says this, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the what? Not to your opinion. Not to my opinion. But it says we're supposed to mark them. That means stay away from them. It says, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. And what's the last three words? And avoid them. How many of you are allergic to poison ivy? If I, brought, if I told you before, before the service I grabbed a bunch of poison ivy and rubbed it all over my hand, shook my hand, would you still shake my hand if you knew that? You know what you would do? You would avoid me. I'm not allergic to poison ivy. They say you can sometimes grow into it. I don't want to grow into that, all right? But anyway, you're going to stay away from something that's bad. That's what this verse is talking about. Stay away from false doctrine. It's just that simple. When you hear, oh, you could lose your salvation. That's a false doctrine. Because why? Then you have to know the basis of what your doctrine is. What's your basis of doctrine? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You can't be plucked out of your father's hand. You can't. These are two verses. And the Bible says that you can know. It doesn't say you can know now and not know later. It says that you can know you have eternal life. So you've got to understand false doctrine. The second one is this. Wrong direction. Don't you love it when you're driving down the road and your GPS tells you recalculating? Recalculating. You went the wrong direction. Well, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to stay away from wrong directions. Go to 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 3, and verse number 6. It says this, it says, Now we command you, brethren, again, this is Paul writing it, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh, what? Disorderly, and not after the tradition which ye have received of us. Paul is telling them, listen, if they're going in the wrong direction, don't go with them. And if you read Proverbs at all, you'll see that all the way through it. The strange woman, the friend that is just waiting and lurk to get something. You're guilty by association at that point. The Bible tells us we're supposed to flee from false doctrine. We're supposed to flee from wrong direction. You say, well, it won't hurt if I dabble in it. If I took this bottle of water and just put one, one little bit of arsenic in it, said, Mark, why don't you drink this? The odds are you're not going to get it. He would not touch this water with anything. You stay away from it. You stay away from the wrong direction. Watch this. Stay away from people who have bad attitudes. Well, you say, I'm one of them. Well, change yourself, amen? What happens when you run around with the wrong direction? You end up being going the wrong direction too. Well, I'm going to help them. I'm going to save them. I'm going get to get them out of this. You're not. You don't put a bad apple with a bunch of good apples and say, hey, make that bad apple good. It's going to destroy anything it touches. So we've got to watch the wrong direction, the false doctrine. The next one, wrong fellowship. All right, let's look at this. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. I know we're turning around a lot on these verses. Ephesians chapter 5. 
And then it says in verse number 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather, what's the next word? Reprove them, correct them. See, you got to know when the Bible says this, answer not fool according to his folly, and then the next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly. You got to know which one you're supposed to be in. That's why you got to pray all the time and constantly have the Holy Spirit indwelling you and, and filling you with stuff. With, him, with the Holy Spirit just telling you, you got to do this, you got to do Because our life is a puzzle and we've got to be fit right in the right spot. But if we go and we start messing with the wrong fellowship, it will affect you. There's a lot of Baptists that are wrong fellowship. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of preachers that I won't run around with. I try to get preacher friends that will uplift me. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't want to grow up and be an old preacher where I've just got a bad attitude about everything. I just don't want that. There's too, many, there's too many things to be blessed about that you don't have to be negative about. So we've got to watch wrong fellowship. People will affect you. And doctrine, the biblical separation, here's doctrine with this. We need to stay away from certain things. Just like you tell your kids, don't play with fire. My former youth pastor, he told a story once. He said he was playing with matches in his bedroom. He caught the bed on fire. So then he shut the door and casually walked to the kitchen. Got some water. His mom said, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. And finally he admitted, he said, I, I think I caught the bed on fire. She opens up the door and the whole room's on fire. There wasn't much what a glass of water would do. She ends up trying to put it out. She has to leave. He has to leave. The house burns down because this little boy is playing the fire. Two weeks later, he's at his, his, his grandfather's house. His grandfather walks into him in the bathroom and he's playing with matches again. He didn't learn his lesson. Did not learn his lesson. He was going the wrong way. And when you go the wrong way, guess what? You better turn around and go start going the right way. There's something about getting to the destination that you need to go to. There's something about going to the destination that God wants you to go to. Stay away from false doctrine, wrong direction, wrong fellowship, and the last one, wrong philosophy. Wrong philosophy. Um, let's go to this one. Colossians chapter 2. If you're writing these down. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. Here's what it says. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And then he says this, beware. When you get up to a sign on a yard and it says, beware of dog, you know the first thing I'm looking for? What kind of dog do I need to beware of? If it's a chihuahua, I can kick that thing. If it's a Rottweiler, I can't outrun it. I'm not going to get in that yard. But it says beware, and this is wrong. We've got to do wrong philosophy. We've got to watch this. It says beware lest any man spoil you through what? Philosophy. And vain deceit. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Here, they've got their own philosophy. And see, what people are trying to do in 2018, and I'm sure they're going to do it in 2019, is they want to get their philosophy and make God's match up with it. What we need to do is we need to have God's philosophy and make my philosophy match up with His. 
I can take things out of context all I want. And so can you. But we've got to stay away from these false doctrines. How many of you think God wants you to be around false doctrine? A wrong direction, a wrong fellowship, a wrong philosophy. All these things will ruin you. And so let's go back to these, these, these areas that we were talking about. Four reasons for studying doctrines. We've got the first one, it's God's instruction. The second one is separating truth from error. The third one is this, preparation for answering for our faith. It gives you the answers to your faith. Doctrines does. It, it, it explains many different aspects of it. Um, here's, some ver- here's some verses in here. Now read this. If Jesus is called the light of the world, and we are called the light of the world, aren't we, isn't Jesus called the light of the world? And we are too. He says that, I think it's in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. So we have a contradiction in Scripture, do we? What's the next statement? God created two great lights in the sky. He says it in, in Genesis. Watch that last statement. How is it that the moon is called a light? The moon shows no light. The only way the moon has light is a reflection of the sun. And so when you look at this, we are a reflection of who God is. And that's why we're a light. It's not the light in us, it's a light from Him to us. So we've got to understand that it prepares us for answering for our faith. We've got to be the light of the world. That's what God wants us to. And the fourth one is this. Helps us to do God's work in God's way. That's what what doctrine does. Be very leery of someone that says, this is what I think. Last time I checked, my Bible told me that I should have the mind of Christ, not the mind of Walter. Because you know, your brain is limited. God's is not. God can see around those corners that you can't see. God can see around those obstacles you can't see. God can see around problems that you have that he's trying to teach you things. But we've got to get back to help with doctrine. It helps us to do God's work in God's way. We've got to see what the Bible says about it, then do it. Not this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do. So at some point, we've got to get to the point where we say, okay, I'm going to listen to God or I'm going to listen to my conscience. Has your conscience ever been wrong? Mine has numerous times. And so when I listen to my conscience and and, and I say, okay, this is what I need to do. But then when I say, God, show me what to do. And I'm in a prayerful thought and and the Holy Spirit's indwelling me. He's going to show me God's way. And how do you get God's doctrine? You get it through reading a scripture. And it's all throughout scripture. And so 2 Timothy 2, 5, 15 says this, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You say, well, doctrine's pretty high for everybody. I'm putting it on everybody's level. You can get this. You can understand what the doctrine is. Here's a question. I think it's up here. As a Bible-believing Christian, the Bible, this is a statement, the Bible is the final rule of faith and practice in all matters. That's where we get our doctrine. It's not Walter Wagner's doctrine at Bible Baptist. It's the Bible's doctrine at Bible Baptist. It's the Bible's, Bible's doctrine in your, in your life that really save you. How many of you know who John Wesley is? He's an old-time preacher. In case you can't read this, I'm going to read it. Don't get ahead of me, okay? John Wesley once received a note that read, The Lord told me to tell you that, you, that He doesn't need your book learning, your Greek, or your Hebrew. And I love what John Wesley wrote. This is a great quote. Wesley answered, thank you, sir. 
Your letter was superfluous. However, I already knew that the Lord has no need for my book learning, as you put it. Then he says this, However, although the Lord has not directed me to say so, on my responsibility, I would like to say to you that the Lord does not like your ignorance either. That's a man that stood when no one else would stand. See, there's nothing wrong with... And, and I will say this from the pulpit. If you want a, if you want a um, good study Bible on your phone, Blue Letter Bible. I'm telling you, it's a great... It has many different concordances in it and stuff. And, and you've got, at the touch of your phone, you can look up words in your Bible. And it'll tell you what the strongest accordance will tell you. And it'll really help you out with your studying. And it'll show you what the Greek word, it'll even pronounce it for you. And you can go up to your friends and say, this is what the Greek word is. I'm not going to get up here and speak in Greek. I had two years of Greek. I don't want any more of it. But you still use it. And so the Bible is a final rule of faith and practice in all matters. You're either going to believe it or not. Watch this. It'll tell you how to act. It'll tell you how to dress. It'll tell you how to, how, how to communicate. It'll tell you who your friends should be, who your friends shouldn't be. <clears throat> it'll tell you financial answers to your problems. I mean, it'll do that all for you, but you just got to listen to it. The Bible's the final answer. It's in all matters. So let me give you just a list of, I think this is the last slide. This is the, the list there are 10 doctors, doctrines. There's more than 10 doctrines in the Bible. Okay, let me say that. Okay. But here are 10 doctrines which are essential for Christianity. You cannot take one out and still have Christianity. And let me tell you something. We're not taking any of them out. I believe all these. Now, I'm going to give you 10. And there's, like I said, there's more doctrine than this. But these all deal with Christianity. Number one, a literal scriptural creation. God said it, it happened. It did not take millions of years to do it, and I am not from a monkey, praise God. Amen. I've never went to a zoo and said, hey, there's my cousin George. Don't want to do that because he's not my cousin. Yeah, he might have fingers like me. I'm not as hairy as he is. And I'm a little bit more smarter than he is, amen? A literal scripture creation. The second one is this. Inspiration of scripture. If you don't believe God wrote it, Christianity's out the door. The next one. The virgin birth of the Son of God. You got to have the virgin birth to have the deity of Christ. You've got to have those. You say, well, where are you getting all these? These are doctrines in the Bible. And so the next one is this. The deity of Christ. He did nothing wrong. He was everything you needed him to be and much more. The fifth one, the blood sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Aren't you thankful for that one? The physical blood sacrifice of, of, of Christ on the cross. You got to have that or you don't have Christianity. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Every one of them is important. I forget how many, I read a statistic. I think there's over 500 and, I want to say 580 people in the Bible that saw Christ after he arose. All it takes is one in a, in a, in a court of law. You got to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's what salvation's all about. Because if he did not do that, guess what? 
If he did not rise again, we'd still be doing sacrifices down here. The next one. Salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. You say, is that one ever compromised with, with other denominations and other people? Absolutely it is. Work salvation. Baptism by salvation of baptism. And so you have all these different things. Salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. Number eight, eternal life for the saved. Now the key thing on this is in heaven. A literal heaven. It's a literal heaven. The next one is eternal damnation for the lost in a literal hell. I was witnessing to a Jewish lady one day and she said she didn't believe in hell. Well, what happens if you die? Well, you just cease to exist. If you're good, you go to heaven, you cease to exist. I said, so you don't believe in hell? He said, she said, no. And I know, Ray, I probably shouldn't have said this. I said, so you're telling me Adolf Hitler just ceased to exist. Oh, no, he's in hell. That's what she said to me. She switched it just like that. I said, so you do believe in a little hell? Well, he was a wicked man. I said, well, everybody's a sinner. We've got to get back to understanding that that's a very important part of it. Because why, why would he have died if, there was a, if, there, if everybody's going to heaven? There's a literal place. And then the last one is the return of Christ. And that's what we're all about. All ten of these doctrines, you throw one of them out, you've just alienated who Christ is and, and no longer would you have Christianity. Doctrines are very important. You've got to understand what doctrines are. Now we're going to break all these doctrines down. We're going to go give you a lot of scripture with them. And I want you to see those, and we'll get into this, and you'll say, some of it, well, you'll go, it's pretty boring, but you'll look at it, and you go, okay, I understand why you're saying that. Because we need to understand doctrine. We're growing, like you said, a generation that doesn't know what they believe. And so what do they do? They're tossed to and fro. They go any direction they want. Oh, it feels good over here. It feels good over here. Church is an amusement park over here. Church is a rock concert over here. We can do all these different things, and everything's okay. And that's not what Jesus ever intended to do. Can you imagine if Jesus stepped forth in some of these churches? I mean, he got mad at a church for what? <coughs> Selling things. Now, I'm not here to judge these other people. What they do is between them and God. But I'm telling you, what we're doing here, we've got to have doctrine in our, in our, in our, in our belief. We've got to have doctrine to understand, to get that foundation. Because whenever something goes wrong in my life, that foundation settles it. Whenever I go, should I do this? Should I not do this? What's the, what's the Bible say? What's the foundation say? What do the doctrines say? What do God's doctrines say? I'm not going to try to get God to go my way. I want me to go God's way. And I'm always safer when I'm in God's will rather than my will forced on God. Here's what we get. Last illustration. We sometimes do something wrong. And we're the proverbial guy jumping off a building. We start at the 10th floor, we jump off, we get to the 6th floor and we want to ask God for forgiveness and we think God's going to just pop us back up, on the, up back on the 10th on the floor. That's not what happens. It's called the law of gravity. You're going to fall, you're going to get hurt, you're going to pick yourself up and you have to move forward. We've got to understand what doctrine's about. For Bible Baptist Church, doctrines are very important. This is not a social group. And I know we do things for social means, but it's not a social group. It's a church with a foundation. And the foundation has got to be doctrine. If we do not have doctrine, we have nothing. 